Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And the lady, my guest that I've got on, is someone who's been with me from the beginning. She came on the very first season of Hot Mess Mums. She's definitely inspirational, helping women who run their own businesses, mums, just amazing. So lovely to have her back on. It is the lovely Ruby from Wild and Form Digital, who is a social media educator. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm good, thank you. I'm not bad for a Monday. I'm really happy to see you. <laughs> I'm so, so happy to be back. I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I, that it feels like I'm coming back to just have a chat with my family. You guys always welcome me and make me feel so comfortable. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. It's lovely. Well, that's what we aim to do, as well as obviously have great conversation and chat. It's just me and you today. You're more than enough, Kelly. Oh, and Heath as well. well. (laughs) Say that, including my husband. Yeah, more than enough, aren't I? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we had you on in the first season, nah. and we talked with you about social media because for people who are new to you and perhaps haven't looked at your page, talk to us a little bit about the different aspects of what you offer with your expertise, Ruby. Yeah. So, I work with two different types of audiences but under the same premise, which is you control social media, not the other way around. So whether I'm working with small business owners, solo business owners, or whether I'm working with schools and young people, that still remains the same. Whether I'm educating you to use Instagram to help uh, tell the world about all the wonderful things that you sell in your bricks and mortar store or your online store, or whether I'm teaching parents to help them navigate digital and social media with their teen or their tween, that remains the same. You are always in control. It's And it's about using social media with greater intention and purpose so that we're not just sat there. We've all done it, haven't we, Kelly, where you end up doom scrolling or falling yes. down oh. a scroll hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, we talk about that and, and um, I think it's really good that you brought it up, actually. Because we all do it. I think you will always do it. I know I will, but it's being aware of that and knowing how to stop it. Yeah. And stopping yourself and going, hold on a second. I don't feel good doing this. I feel tired or lethargic or my body hurts, my neck hurts, or I just generally just feel rubbish. So how do I stop feeling that way? What are some of the things I can put in place either for myself as a business owner or a parent or as as, as a teen or a tween as well and think, hold on this doesn't feel right. Let me step away from this, do something else that brings me so much more joy. And then I can come back and bring those experiences into, you know, social media, because it's never a case of one or the other. That's not realistic, is it? As parents, we can never stop. We can never say to our child, or we can try, (laughs) we can, we can try to say it, but it's never going to work. You know, get off social media. You're never allowed to use social media ever again. That's, 
realistically it's never going to happen but it's about a better balance and the intent better intention and and purpose that we use when we go on there when we open the app we know we want to be on it for say a set amount of time or we want to be able to contribute really meaningful content that really adds value, makes someone else happy, gives them uh, joy, uh, provides them with solutions to a problem they're experiencing or a challenge. And that, that, that's the sort of the, the mindset of going into, you know, that app when you open it, it's rather than just, a, oh, I've got time to waste. And then you think, oh, I'll just be on here for 10 minutes. And then like an hour later, <laughs> you're like, what? And it's a, it's a <laughs> social comparison though, isn't it? We live in this age and it's it's really sad. And from a mum point of view, I think it's really important to raise awareness about this because often, you know, the way the world's changing, a lot of mums work from home now. I do, you know, predominantly. And, you know, if you've got small children that aren't at school or nursery yet, you're at home nine times out of 10. And so it's really difficult sometimes not to look at what other people are doing and how they look and how this looks and that looks when you go down the scroll hole and then come away and be like, well, my house doesn't look anything like that. My, I don't look anything like that. Da, da, da. And, we, and, and this is the thing where I think there's, a, there's a, a balance almost of, you know, yes, it's great to have this, these positive posts and I'm all for them, but sometimes to also post stuff that's a bit real and raw so people connect and know that your life isn't perfect. Nobody's is. Absolutely. And I think... You've touched on something there in terms of that positivity. It's not a case of just faking it, faking being happy. I'm very much about showing up, uh, whether you're a business owner or whether you're a parent or a teen or a teen, showing up as you, putting that, going in human first. And as humans, we encounter all sorts of emotions every day, right? So it's not a case of just trying to plaster over it and present a different version of you, you know, an avatar just for social and then hiding behind the scenes and, you know, crumbling. So you're right in terms of comparisonitis hits us all. It hits me. I work in social, you know, I, I know the mechanics of, of social media filters, the works, right. And yet still I will be susceptible to those moments where I think, oh my days, I've been running my business for three and a half years. Why am I not at that level? Why do I not with the, work with those types of clients? And then I th have to stop myself and think, well, actually, and this is what I encourage for, for mums out there to say, look, actually, I've done, I've done loads of great stuff and listing a bit like affirmations. You know, at the end of the day, I think you and I both do this, Kelly, writing down all those things that we're thankful for, yeah. just remembering I did, I've done this, I've done that. My body carried me through lockdown. You know, it's not a case of, oh, look at that fat, those, you know, those love handles jiggling away. It's, damn, this body got me through the last 12 months. It helped me keep my family together. It helped me keep, you know, getting up of a morning, you know, cooking, cleaning, having a drink of water, you know, getting out there, getting a walk, getting some fresh air for myself. There's so many different things that we can be thankful for. And I think it's that you're saying, Kelly, it's the recognition as soon as we can to say, whoa, that's not healthy to talk to myself that way. I wouldn't talk to a friend that way. Let me not talk to myself that way. Yeah. And I think that that statement, I wouldn't talk to a friend that way, is something that we should all have in our minds all the time or hanging up somewhere we can see it. My husband says it a lot. You know, if I'm having a wobble about something, the first thing you'll say is you would never talk to me like that. 
So don't torture yourself like it. And I think it's so important because we're so hard on ourselves because we can see what everyone else is doing all the time. And there's some lovely aspects to that. But the downside is what we've just talked about, the scroll hole and the, why is that not me? (laughs) Exactly. But also remember that a lot of the time, there are a lot of people who don't think, uh, you know, similarly to us and that they will unfortunately, you know, be presenting a version of themselves to social, but not yet comfortable enough to present the truth the true self, their true self to to social. And there's really something in it. You guys do it all the time so well, whether it's on your grid, whether it's on your stories, it's always that true version of what's happening. You do it when you're working out and you're (laughs) jumping around like you were this morning. And, you know, we, we love that. I'll post stuff of when I've done a workout and I'm just disgustingly sweaty. But The point is we've moved our bodies and that makes us feel better. And if we can encourage others to do that and show up, you know, if we're baking with our kids, you know, stuff in our hair, the kitchen looks like a mess in the background. It doesn't look like it's, you know, out of Condé Nast or or whatever, then that's, that's good. The more we can do that, the, the, the more that we can show up and be brave, the more that we can hopefully encourage others to do the same. And the knock on effect of that, cumulatively is is a healthier more optimistic more human-led social media space that our young children boys girls whatever grow up and think that's the space that I can be comfortable in and show up as me without fear of retribution or fear of you know whatever that might be I am showing up as my whole self I think uh, we've sort of, we've touched on the lockdown thing with all of this as well. Obviously, for a lot of people, their lives have changed forever. There's a lot of mums on on Instagram who are launching their businesses, clothing brands, you know, with me, it's my podcast, you you and your social media, you know, you do obviously work out of the home as well, but a lot of what you do will be in the home too. Mm -hmm. So have you seen a sort of rise in that and, and women sort of needing that direction because social media can be so powerful when it comes to building a brand. But if you've not done it before, if it's your first time putting your business out there, it's a big thing to get your head around, isn't it? It is a big thing. And you're right, there has been an increase in women who have either been made, unfortunately, been made redundant or have suddenly have realized that, you know what, wow, this has been a huge impact on people realizing that they want to start living their dreams sooner rather than keep putting them off. So you're right, they've taken to social places like Instagram, where it is really easy to set up a shop through the shoppable functions, uh, which I think is brilliant. But starting out and thinking, right, well, how do I build my brand on that? One of the key things or pieces of advice I'd offer to to those who are listening is say, right, well, what do you stand for? What are your values? What do you want to be known for? And keeping it super, super simple. If you know that, what you want. So, for instance, if you know that starting a clothing brand for, you know, tots, for instance, there are loads out there. But what is it that makes you and what you do special? What's the unique selling point? Or I've heard people refer to it as their special source. Because that, that point of difference is what's going to help draw in your audiences. That's going to help people want to buy from you as well as, because let's be realistic, they'll want to buy from others as well. And let's share the love. There's enough to go around. But you want to get on that purchase list, right? You want to be on that 
list of consideration. I'm buying something as a gift for a friend who's just had a baby. Who can I buy something from? Right. I want to buy it from, you know, Kelly's, Kelly's clothes. Why? Because she speaks to, she shows up every day and she's her best self. She's her human self. And I know that when she picks those items, she picks them because they're organic, they're made in the UK. And so there's low carbon emissions and they look great and they're practical. I know I can put them in the wash and they come out brand new. But how do I know that? Because Kelly keeps telling me that every time she shows up on Instagram. She shows me that she's putting Heath's items in the washing machine before and after. She shows me Heath playing in those same clothes out in out in the garden. She shows me he's getting grass stains on them, but then, you know, it's that's fine because they still look stylish, but she I know that I can stick them in the wash because he because uh, Kelly does and I'll come out brilliantly. Yeah, I see Kelly working out of a morning with Heath in the background. Um she's that sort of woman. I you know, she could be my friend. Because you're building those bonds in that way, because you're communicating your values through your social media every day, that's how you build that bond with people. They want to be your friend. They want to buy from you because you you represent what they stand for as well. There's that connection. And it's fantastic, isn't it, that we are now given those options to A, if it's your business, push that and get it out there, but B, as consumers, learn so much more about what we're actually buying into. I just think I know that people worry that the high street's going to die, but for me, those online independents, I absolutely adore. I mean, Heath has a lot of stuff like, like that. Because <laughs> I do have my favourites online because they are special and they are run by mums, and you know they stand for something that connects with you as well. And that's the thing. But you would, and I think that's what's so special about independence, small businesses that are run out of the back room or the garage or wherever it is, it's, you've got that freedom now to be able to show up and, and showcase your brand and those, those key values that really mean something to you. And if they mean something to you, they'll mean something to many people out there. And if you're able to put that out there, you will find your community. You keep showing up with those values you keep being true to those, your community will find you. And that is so special, just like you've done for the hot mess mums, right? You started off with no followers and now look where you guys are. And it's so scary, you know, when you do that and you just put yourself out there and you're like, oh my God, we're going to do this. But you're right, it can be scary. But that's why I think keeping it simple as in, what do you stand for? What do you want to be known for? And then I think... With social, sometimes you can get overwhelmed, right? You and I have talked about this before in DMs where we yeah. go, gosh, do I have to show up every single day? On Instagram, yeah. for instance, it's a full-time job. It could be a full-time job. You've it got, could. <laughs> you've got the grid. You've got stories. You've got reels. You've got IGTV. You've got live. You've got shoppable tags. Those are six different elements just on one social yeah. media channel. So it's a case of saying, do you know what? Based on the time that I've got, and I want to have a proper balance, and I'm not a social media manager, I run this wonderful business, I am going to commit to showing up on the grid three times a week. And when I can, I'll pop onto stories and I'll show people behind the scenes stuff. You know, a package arrives with the, you know, my Kelly's clothes, I'm going to unpack it and record a quick story for that. I am going to go and make Heath's lunch and then do a quick workout. I'm going to put that on my stories. But so saying, right, I'm going to show up three times a week on the grid and then a couple of times every day on stories becomes a little bit more manageable rather than 
I've got to show up on six different features every single day, seven days a week. By the time that week's over, your head's going to have exploded. I mean, just yeah. thinking about that makes, makes me sweat, right? <laughs> and I do this every day for, for people. So it's just make it manageable. Start off simple, small, bite-sized appearances, but grounded in what you stand for will keep anchoring you back. Once you've done that for a week, do it for another week and then another week. Before you know it, you've got six months worth of content out there and you think, wow, I'm a boss. Yeah, you are. So then (laughs) maybe you'll think about, because you'll be a lot more confident and you'll know the sort of content to put out. Then you might say to yourself, do you know what? I might do a reel. Let's see how it goes. So it's always on your terms at your pace and it will pay off. Yes, definitely. And it's so inspiring to hear someone, you know, with you, with your expertise, but also with your passion, I think really shine through when you talk about it, you know, because confidence is a big thing for for women and mums. It can be a huge, huge thing, no matter who you are. And I think, you know, when you've got people that you can listen to and, and look at like you and go, oh God, yeah, it's almost like you just radiate that, go on, do it, confidence thing. And you're like, right. I can do it. I can do it. I've got this. <laughs> you can You can do it and you have got this. And that's part of what I do is empowering business owners, mums, young people with the skills, the knowledge and the confidence to be able to use social media intentionally and with purpose so that they can strengthen, you know, their brands. They deserve to. And do it in a way that continues to empower them and gives them the confidence to do that. That's really important. One of the things I'm so grateful that you you also do, which I think is so, so important, I really want to discuss in, in this episode, is the work you do with young people in schools about empowering them to use social media for the good and helping them deal with the negative side of it. My two, they're not on it yet. They don't have that. I, I've got friends whose kids are probably not that much older than Ava and they're on all sorts. And it's you know, she hasn't asked. I'm really grateful for that. And I, I want to keep her off it all as long as I can. But obviously, like you say, as a parent, you've got to be realistic. It's going to come. And for many listening to this episode, they're already there. You know, they've got teenagers and they're on there and it's a minefield. So the stuff you do in schools, is so, I mean, it's, in my opinion, should be rolled out in all schools across the country because social media is a part of life. It's now becoming a business. So we need to educate our young people and keep them safe. And I know we had a chat a while ago about this and some of the the kids you were working with. So it's really special. So you you go into schools, you do do talks and deliver sort of different packages to to schools on this as well, which must be really rewarding. It is hugely rewarding. I love love working with young people, going into schools and having – an honest and safe and non-judgmental chat with them about social media, about their experiences on social. And I think that is really important. A lot of schools, I'll go, I'll work with primary schools and secondary schools, predominantly year five and six, seven and eight. That's the sort of time period where they've discovered social, have started to like jump on all sorts of apps and then start are starting to develop their identity. So it's at that early point I really want to be able to try and help again, educate them and empower them to be able to contribute and consume social in a way that really gives them confidence but also they can do it in a safe manner 
and also protects their mental well-being as well. That's hugely important. We talked about comparisonitis. For us as grown women, comparisonitis and body image, and I often hear so many different stories, for a 10-year-old. There was one that you and I were talking about, weren't we, the other day. The, the context of it was we were talking about filters. Do you use, as a 10-year-old, do you use filters when you post a selfie? And I asked this group of like 40-odd 10-year-olds, and the vast majority of them did. The vast majority of them were girls. And I asked one girl, I said, why is it that you feel the need to be able to use a filter? And she said, it's because the boys in class think that I look like a beluga whale. I, I couldn't possibly just post a selfie. I was, I was, I've heard so many stories, but just hearing that one floored me. To think that a 10-year-old wakes up of a morning and thinks that her forehead is so large, she has to apply a filter to it before she even posts an image of herself online to her friends. Yeah. How, how have we got here? It's heartbreaking, isn't it? That's hugely yeah. heartbreaking. But that isn't uncommon. That's the thing. I see this in lots and lots of primary schools. And I don't, I don't want young girls to feel this way. I want them to feel empowered enough to be able to show up online as, as themselves and be proud of, of their, their body, their face, their hair, everything. But also be confident enough to be able to think, this is me, I accept me as I am. I am beautiful, I am amazing. And I can go on to do, and I will go on to do amazing things in life and impact and change the world. The way that we get to that place is by having conversations like you and I are doing, and by me going into schools and opening up that conversation about social media with young people. They get that in schools. Ava Lilly will have had lessons in schools about social media safety, and that's great. But what isn't happening and why headmasters and, and principals are getting me into schools is because they want to have this nuanced conversation, really crack open the dialogue around social media. What's really happening on social? Why do they feel the need to do this or that? But also empower them to be able to be brave enough to say, do you know what? That isn't on. The way that I'm going to show up on social is, is this way. And with this confidence, and I'm going to help empower my friends to do the same. Yeah. And if, if we can do that, and when that girl said that, the first thing her friend who was sat next to her said was, oh, my day, you're beautiful. You're really pretty. Un unprompted, right? This is, that was a natural reaction from her friend. Yeah. But we want more of that. We want more of that support. But the way yeah. that we can only get to that support is by talking about it. Because at the moment, it's being suppressed. I think parents have a huge role to play in this as well. Ava, you know, she's, she's nearly eight. And I was saying to you, she, was, she did this um, summer camp last summer. And these two girls that were a year older than her took it upon themselves to kind of bully her, really, while she was there. And, and a lot of what they were talking about, they made fun of her because she didn't know what TikTok was. She doesn't have TikTok and, and, and that's my decision and she hasn't asked for it. She doesn't know what it is. So they made fun of her because of that. 
And then they were sort of, they're obviously allowed to be on their parents' Facebook because they were telling her things at the time about COVID that they were reading on their parents' Facebook page, which I found really alarming Mm. because I don't let her on anything like that. And then they said to her, one of her teeth had come out of the front, her first tooth, and they said, are you going to get cosmetic surgery? And she said, what's that? Wow. Yeah, and they said, because you need it. Because your teeth are just messed up. And she got in the car and she burst into tears and started telling me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I I get quite angry at things like that. In stainless, because I just want to protect her. But I was just disgusted, you know. I mean, obviously it was dealt with, you know. I I spoke to the people that were leading the summer camp. They spoke to the kids and the parents and they were mortified, you know. But it absolutely, like, I was like, eight years old they are, and they're talk- telling other girls they need cosmetic surgery. Like, where does this come from? And how do you know about stuff like that? Right. And then I start, I don't, you know, I don't do the parent blame game, but I'm like, we are all responsible for, you know, <laughs> raising yeah. our kids the way we treat it, to treat people the way we want to be treated. It's it's so important, isn't it? You know, it's hugely important. And I think there is that one of the reasons why I do what I do and going into schools is because there is a gap there between school parent and young person. So sometimes what you find is that for whatever reason, parents will say, well, they're being taught that at school. And then you've got safety teachings at school, which is great, great grounding. But then there's the, there isn't the follow-up at home. So there's a gap that opens up. And then we know, right, our, our young children are like sponges. They will absorb every single verbal and nonverbal move that we make. So yeah. even if it's that comment, which they overhear us in the kitchen saying, oh, such a body should do this or whatever to their face. Not that you and I do that, but I'm just saying they pick up yeah. on that. They pick up on everything. So one of the key things that I encourage and I'll often host online webinars for parents is encouraging them to have that conversation about social media with their child as soon as they can. Even if they do not have a mobile phone yet, they will see us consuming content on social, right? They're curious. They'll see that. So it's about starting to open up that dialogue. And like you're saying, it's about establishing the values, just like you have family values, and, and the way that you do things, et cetera, and the way that you look at the world and the way that we want to encourage and bring up our children, it is the same, those same values should be translated and conversed about with our young people when it comes to social media. If we do not have that conversation, that's when gaps start to open up. One of the benefits of having that conversation though as well, Kelly, is that when your young child then does have access to a mobile phone and social media apps, they will invariably come across, like Ava Lily has, they will come across an incident that they've seen on social, uh, that they've been involved with, and they'll want to talk to somebody about it. And rather than them talking or turning to somebody online that they've never met and consider a friend in inverted commas, you want them to come and talk to you, right? Yes. You want them to share that experience as Ava Lily did with you. But that can only happen if you've started to lay down that pathway for them to be able to trust you and talk about stuff that's happening on social. So that's another benefit and another reason why the conversation around social should open up sooner rather than later. So don't wait until you've given your child a phone 
and allow them to download the apps. Have it beforehand because by the time they come to download the apps, they are more empowered. They are in a more intentional space. They know what the ground rules are because you've discussed them as a family. And there's power in that. It's giving them the confidence as well, isn't it? And yourself, because you know, like you say, you've you've laid down the groundwork. So they're going into it knowing so much more. So when things aren't right, their natural instinct will be to say, well, you know, when we have that chat about Instagram, well, I saw this. So what what do I do with that? And you've got the talking, the doors are open. You know, you always want your kids to feel they come to you. I think that's important. 100% Kelly you're absolutely right Um, it is keeping those doors open and doing so in a way that's judgment free right they can come to you and realize when they share this story with you that you aren't going to immediately take away their mobile phone or delete that app or punish them in some way it is that talking to them working through that finding a solution together but they they're doing it with you and not talking to a random stranger which when I talk to teens in particular in year seven and year eight, that is what they are doing um, because they feel as though they cannot talk to their parents. They feel awkward about having that conversation. It might not just be that their parents haven't talked to them about social media. It might be that their parents aren't on it. So they know nothing yeah. about it either, which is yeah, still a thing, isn't it? So It is a thing. <laughs> it is actually the case. So, until up until I think March last year, when we went into lockdown, most parents hadn't ever probably opened up TikTok, and then suddenly they were all over it in a really embarrassing fashion. Right? <laughs> I've avoided it for so long, but now we've had big meetings about going on it for um, hot mess mums. So I think you will yeah. be seeing Jen and I on TikTok this season, but we haven't quite got there yet. We've, we've been trying to hold off. <laughs> the brilliant thing about all those parents having jumped on TikTok last year was that they know how to use it, right? So they're in a much stronger position to be able to have that conversation, that chat, yeah. that casual conversation with their young person to say, oh, my days, isn't this filter amazing? Oh, I follow such a body on TikTok. Oh, I did this dance. Oh, shall we do one together? And the child goes, hell no. <laughs> That's well embarrassing. <laughs> But the point is, you've got common ground, right? Your common experience. And that counts for a lot. Rather than, like you say, there are some parents who maybe don't have socials at all and then try to converse with their young person about social. It's a, well, what, it, what do you know about social? What would you know what it's like to, you know, do this or do that or be faced with this sort of comment? But you don't know because you're never on it. Yeah. And again, you've got that disconnect. So create those potential connections. Different. I'm on Instagram, as are you, Kelly. And I'll often follow different people that my daughter, my 11-year-old daughter, has recommended. And she and I will watch. There's a, there's a guy from Diversity who does amazing dances. And she knows the instant that I start playing that, she'll recognize certain music and she'll attribute it to his dances. And we'll watch them together. But it's that shared experience. So she doesn't have a mobile phone yet. But when I do, when, you know, when we agree that it's the right time for her to have one and she can download Instagram, again, she's going into it with experience. She and I will talk about accounts that I follow, why I follow them, what I get from them, how I contribute to the world of social with my content. So again, it's contextualizing that and empowering them and showing them there's so much reward for them, both as a contributor to content and as, as a consumer of it as well. 
That's such great advice. It's something I've never thought about, actually, but finding that common ground, like you do with Netflix and everything else. You sit down and you find, exactly. you know, like Ava Lily has her own children's channel and we find things we like together. That's just so good. And you're seeing their page, they're sharing stuff with you. You know, it's giving you an insight rather than being shut out and not knowing who they're following, who they're talking to, what they like. Exactly. And you can, once... You've got, again, it's that trust element, isn't it? And that judgment free. But also what I say to young people is, who do you follow? Who are your role models? What is it that you want to be able to achieve in life? Whatever age they're at, they've got, they've got dreams, they've got aspirations. So how can you then, you know, learn from those that you follow? You're following with intention. How can, then, how can you then mirror what they're doing or add value to that? So again, it becomes more than just this screen where they're falling down you know that scroll hole or doom scrolling and they're actually using it almost in a way to create their own brand and future proof their own careers maybe whatever uh, direction they go in because they're looking at content intentionally and also think about things like Greta Thunberg right use the power of social in order to be able to create huge change around climate, huge conversations. Now, I'm not saying that every young person has to be a Greta Thunberg, but they have the power to be able to create positive social change, even if that's just in their own neighborhood. But that can be done with intention using social rather than just thinking, I'm just going to post another selfie. Is there another selfie that's needed in the internet? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So again, it's about the depth of great, empowering, change-making stuff that can happen within the world of social, rather than it just sitting at that surface level, go deeper. There's loads of stuff. Dove are running a campaign at the moment. It's all about the no digital distortion. So we were talking about filtering, but sorry, filtering yes. before, weren't we? Huge yeah, amount. Yeah. Imagine your, you know, 10 and 11-year-old girls going on and committing to that hashtag, you know, 10 over lilies who felt empowered enough to be able to show up on, on social with no filters. Imagine, you know, they've got a circle of friends, you know, five friends each. And again, it's that compound effect. If they can inspire one of those five friends and they go on to inspire one of their five friends, before you know it, we've got a really, you know, empowered movement where young girls, as they continue their journey with social media, progressing to young women and to, and to mums and, and, and change makers, Imagine the change and the impact that they can have on society, right? I love that. You're so you're so <laughs> inspirational. You really are, you know, and we're so lucky Aww. to have you and doing what you're doing as well. We've covered so much good stuff there, which I know our mums will just love when they're listening to this. There's lots of really great advice in there and I'm really uplifting as well. For anyone who doesn't follow you on Instagram, they can find you at Wild and form digital that's right that's right yeah on instagram yeah that's where you'll find me yeah and come and have a conversation with me i'd love to do that i love chatting with my community um so yeah if you don't feel as though you want to be able to just comment on a post please feel free to just um as the kids say slide into my dms (laughs) (laughs) let's have a chat kelly you and i do that all the time don't we and that's where again that's where those human connections happen 
Well, hey, we met on social media. We met on social media. Then you came over to the studio as things were pre-COVID. I think twice, actually. I know. How rude of me, yeah. twice. This is my it third was, time. It, yeah, it is. It's the third time um, because we did a piece about Christmas and getting everyone off the iPads during the holiday and how to manage that, didn't we? Yeah, um, we did. So, and so we met and, and we became friends. We've had coffee and cake together. We have. Pre-COVID, just pre-COVID that was, <laughs> before we all got locked down. So, yeah, and I'm blessed because of that. You know, I, when I struggle with it, that's what I always think about is the wonderful women that I've been really lucky enough to meet um, and, that, and connect with, you know, and, and that's the power of it. That's where we have to stay positive and really focus on that and, as you say, empower each other, teach each other, you know, support each other so absolutely um, this has been wonderful thank you so much for inviting me on again thank you so much for being on hot mess mums can't wait to put this out you're a superstar oh thank you kelly <laughs> take it easy